Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's a problem. We turn you loose, we never get you back. Amen. Why don't you find your way to your seat, if you would? Praise God. You can be seated if you'd like to. I'm asking Brother Lewis to come. Amen. Praise God. I think we've entered into an atmosphere of prayer. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here. And uh, amen. Yes, amen. I definitely feel a witness of the Spirit here tonight. Amen. It's good to see Brother Flowers back. Amen. I missed you. I missed you all. Uh, It's wonderful to gather and just to be here with all of you in that connection of the body. Amen. Um, My wife couldn't be here tonight. Uh, She's during a transition right now and uh, it's another uh, job that she's, you know, uh, positioned that they gave her, and uh, God's been very good. Amen? Amen? God's been very good. She's very excited about that. Amen? I think all of us get that way, you know, whenever there's a job, you know, that that we uh, apply for, and, you know, the Lord blesses us with it, and, you know, God sets us in that place, and I believe it's of the Lord. Amen? Amen. But... It's always, you know, good when she's here with me. Amen. I miss her. <laughs> Amen. Uh, why don't we uh, turn to the book of Exodus? Amen. Chapter 16. And uh, the book of Exodus has been wonderful to read. Amen. This month. I've been learning so much from it and the book of Acts as well. Amen. But I uh, had a wonderful time yesterday. Amen. Uh, Elder was able to come and visit with us there at uh, Bible study. And um, I believe the Lord moved in a great and mighty way. Amen. Amen. Uh, Why don't we dive into the word here. Amen. Verse 1. And they journeyed from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the posts, the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Amen. I find it uh, 
I find it interesting because, you know, at this point here, the Lord has delivered them from Egypt. Amen. He's brought them out. And uh, he uh, chose Moses. Amen. I, I think that's very beautiful, you know, because I didn't think Moses really felt he was in a place to lead these people. Right. He wasn't in a position to take these people. He, he felt kind of, you know, ashamed, you know, probably of the things he had done there in Egypt. You know, uh, the Lord finds him in this place and uh, he's not feeling too good about himself. Amen. And and what God is asking of him. But the Lord sends him and he's talking to his to God's people. Amen. And the Lord says, I'm going to be with you when you go to my people. Amen. And they start seeing all these wonders and miracles that God's producing out of Moses. Amen. Moses and Aaron, they're helping, helping Moses. Uh, and it's powerful because I, uh, I think about all the things that he's done in my life. And I look at these things that he did for his people and... They're still, you know, in discontent of where God's taking them. And they still have fear inside of them. And there's still questions and things inside of their, inside of their, of, well, just them, you know, the human beings, human like us. Amen. I think they were just as human as us. Amen. And not used to change. I think a lot of us aren't used to change. But it's interesting here because in verse 4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will uh, rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Amen. Anytime God comes into our lives, right? When he had come to me, amen, in my place of where I was, right? I was lost. I had no understanding of God. My own desires, my own ways. I think all of us are that way when God finds us. Yeah, I knew a little bit about God, but, you know... I didn't truly understand until his word illuminated things in my life, right? It brings stuff out. That's what God does. And the Lord here says that he's going to test them. Amen. And. That test is whether they're going to receive his word, amen, or not in their lives. I don't know about you, but some of the words sometimes, it just, it doesn't go well with me sometimes. It's hard for me sometimes to digest it because I know it's touching areas of my life, right? Places that, things that shouldn't be there in my life, right? Right? 
there's places sometimes or things in my life that shouldn't be there. And God, he's leading us somewhere. Just as he did the people of Israel. He was preparing them for a journey that was taking place. Their walk with him. Right? Their relationship with him. The, the closer that he was going to get with them. And sometimes we resist, Joe. There's a resistance inside of us. When God touches areas of our lives. And he's producing things in our life. So I'm going to read a little bit here from the Amplified. And uh, it says, then the Lord said, I'm going to read verse four again. The Lord said to Moses, behold, I will cause bread to rain from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day so that it may test them to determine whether or not they walk obediently in my instruction and law. And it shall be that on the sixth day they shall prepare to bring in twice as much as they gather daily so that they will not need to gather on the seventh day. So Moses and Aaron said to all Israel at evening, you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord for he hears your murmurings against the Lord. What are we that you murmur and rebel against us? Amen. So. The people. Somehow are now. Murmuring. Amen. Whispering. Right. Saying things. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes we do that. But see God. He can hear it. Amen. He can hear us in the things we say when we're discontent with where he's taking us, right? Where he's guiding and leading you. You become discontent in your walk with him, in your relationship with him. And it starts to affect areas, right? Not only in your life, but family, people that you love. I know it because the word of the Lord, you know, it deals. I always, I always know that whoever's up here teaching, it's dealing with them first in those areas and those things. And I don't, I want my relationship with God to mean something, amen. I want to be close to him. I don't want it to be that way where I start to say things, you know, whisper things and do things that, you know, he's discontent with. Moses said in verse eight, this will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning enough bread to fully uh, satisfied because the Lord has heard your murmurings against him. For what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to all the congregation of Israel, approach the Lord because he has heard your murmurings. 
Isn't that wonderful? That even though he knows you murmur against him, or you say things that are discontent with your walk with him, he's still good to us. He still provides for us. There's still places that, uh, there's still blessings that he opens and he places for you, even though you do things against him. I don't know about you, but it just, man, it turns in my heart. You know, to know that the Lord is good. He is good to you. He says, so it happened that as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory and brilliance of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the murmurings of the Israelites speak to them saying at twilight, you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. So in the evening, the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a blanket of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake like a thing as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw, they saw it one another, what it, what it is, for they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather as much of it as he needs. He wanted them to know that he was their provider. Providing everything that they had. Because I don't think that they really trusted the Lord. I think there was areas where they got content. And they didn't trust in him. He's your provider. He provides for you. You got to know that. I think that the most times that I've ever been content with God is when I had to go without. Because he provided for me. It wasn't when I, when I had everything or when I had it all and my cupboards were full of food and I had gas in my truck and this and that. And I had everything and I, you know, and I think the best times were when I knew, Lord, I'm trusting you to provide for me because I don't have. And I remember, Joel, one time I didn't, we didn't have anything we lived in this little house over on Conowoc Pass. And boom, a check came in the mail, Martin. And it was from the electric company. And, you know, I don't even remember how much it was, but it was, it was quite a bit. And I didn't know the electric company gave back money, you know. It's like you lose a lot of, you know, <laughs> they're charging for power, you know. It's not something that, you know, you get a refund on. But somehow they, they sent me a check. But I knew that it wasn't them. It was of God. 
They said, oh, it was when you lived way back in Salem, Oregon, you know. It was amazing that I could pray to the Lord and he would provide. And I knew that it was of him. See, this is what he told the people of Israel. He says, you shall know when I take you out of Egypt that it is me that takes you out. You're going to know that it's him that does provide and destroys the enemy for you. That's what the word says. That's what he told the people. Because he wanted them to know that he loved them. That he was their God. The only living and true God. When they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered a large amount had no excess. I think a homer means 10%. I believe that's what it said when I looked it up. Uh, he who had gathered a large amount had no excess. And he who had gathered a little had no lack. Every man gathered according to his need. Amen. Family size. They had no lack. Amen. I love those big old bags of Doritos, family size. I mean, they're not too good on my, on my stomach, you know, but man, you get one of those bags in front of me and phew, they're gone. Minutes. <laughs> I mean, I could eat one of those fast. Doritos are good. And uh, Cheetos, whatever, you know. But I'm so thankful the Lord and he provides. He gives. And you know it. But they did not listen to Moses. And some left a supply of it until morning. And it bred worms and became foul and rotten. And Moses was angry with them. They just weren't content. No trust. God gives you all those things and somehow we manage to ruin it. Because we take it for ourselves. I know that. I did that. In the times that I had plentiful when God provided, poof, it was gone. I'm telling you, that paycheck came and psh, I was out buying stuff. Man, I just, I bought everything I could buy. You know, my drawers full of snacks, this and that. Man. You know, we got to know. That what God gives us is for a purpose. It's a test. Taking us in a journey. Your walk with God, it's a journey. You're going with Him somewhere. He's taking you somewhere. 
You got to let him do that. You got to respond and obey to him. That what he pours into you is of him. Amen. I want to be obedient to him. I want to pour out what he's given to me. I don't want to just be there receiving all those blessings. But I want to give back. I want that word to do something within me so that I can give back. That I have a response for what God's given me. Amen. The Lord started dealing with me right before service about something. And as Brother Lewis is ministering, the Lord's just kind of been piecing it together more and more. The scripture does not ever contradict itself. And the reason why I say that is because we in our minds can kind of pit one scripture against another sometimes and think, well, if this is true, how is that true? And what does the Bible mean when it says this, which doesn't sound anything like that? And I'm going to give you the example that came to my mind here before service. And a lot of times what we think in our mind is scripture is not really scripture. As it's written in the book, it's just kind of what we've heard repetitively and Maybe what we think is right, because we, it seems like something we've heard enough. But, so how many of you know, scripture that says, the heart is deceitfully wicked, right? You can't trust your heart, I've heard it said that way. And James is where that scripture is written. The heart's deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And then in thinking of that scripture, the other scripture that came to my mind was, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And my, my immediate correlation between those two verses did not make any sense at all. Because if the heart's deceitfully wicked above all things and no man can know it, and as a man thinketh in his heart, that's how he is, then if, if that understanding is true, then what I'm saying is, I'm just always deceitfully wicked. Because what's in my heart is deceitfully wicked, and nobody knows it, but as I think in my heart, that's how I am. That's, that's not true. That's not what the scripture says. So knowing that the, that can't be true, I had to figure, I knew James, I knew that the scripture says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things and no man can know it. But I didn't know where this uh, concept comes from of as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I didn't, I just, that's me being Pentecostal, I guess, and thinking that's, that's Bible in my head, so it must be Bible in the book. But I want you to look at it, because as Brother Lewis started to talk about this mindset of the children of Israel, the passage where we see that other verse actually makes sense. It's in Proverbs chapter 23. I'm going to do a little bit of reading to get to where that scripture is. So when we get there, you can see what it really means. And going there, 
just to refresh, when, when Brother Lewis started talking about Exodus 16, the children of Israel found, them place, found themselves in a place of hunger, naturally. And their, their attitude was, remember when we were in, in Egypt and we sat by the flesh pots. That's what my, the KJV says. The, I think his translation said the meat, the pots of meat. Remember when I could just sit down by the big boiling pot of beef stew. And I mean, I could like hug that thing. I'm just, I was that close to all the meat. And I loved it. And I had bread to go with it to keep me full. And he says, I wish I would have died by the hand of God in that state. First of all, God chose not to kill that person or those people in that state. So to say, really what they're saying is, I wish the will of God for me would have been this. I wish he would have killed me when I was fat and happy. Because, man, I was just eating all that I wanted to eat all the time. And we had this excess. I want that word to stick out to you tonight. We had this excess of, of meat and bread every time. And I wish God would have just, because Moses decides he's going to bring us out here and make us die of hunger. Proverbs here, it says, I'm going to flip over to a different translation. Uh, chapter 23, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. I got to get this other translation. I don't like the way that one reads. Verse 2, this is the NLT. It says, if you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Not like to slit it, but to prevent yourself from eating more. When you're sitting down with the ruler, a guy that's got all the food. Don't desire all the delicacies, for he might be trying to trick you. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. That's Proverbs. Proverbs is, is, is basically dishing out wisdom from start to end. And the, every time you look, you see it, and then you think, man, that's, that's smart. It, it, right inside there it says, be smart enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears. Verse 5. For it will sprout wings and fly like an eagle. Now, verse 6 is where we find this other passage about this, the heart situation. Don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire 
their delicacies. So the first setting is when you sit down with a ruler, a wealthy person. They've got all this stuff, and they can give it to you. Make sure you're not gorging yourself. I know we have people in here that love pets. I'm not one of them. I had a house dog from about age 5-ish to 15-ish. Same dog. She lived a long time. That dog would eat until there was nothing left to eat. I don't think she had the, un- the understanding and the concept of I'm hungry and it's time to eat. It was just like, if there's food there, I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to eat it until it's gone. I remember this. I remember standing in the kitchen and just, man, how long is she going to eat? And some people, you know, I guess if they're going to be gone maybe a day, half a day or something, they can just put enough out there to get them through maybe a day or two. Not, not this dog. That dog would just sit there and eat everything in sight and lay <laughs> until it was gone. But so when I say that scripture says don't gorge yourself, that's kind of the picture that I get there. Know when to quit. Now that, so that's when it's, when it's somebody that can just give you all this. And it said, they might be trying to trick you. Now, this passage is when you're eating with someone that's stingy. It's what the NLT says. It's what the, yeah. Don't eat with someone, don't desire their delicacies. Verse 7, they are always thinking about how much it costs. They're always thinking about how much it costs. So if you come, Brother Lewis comes over to my house, I'm hiding those Cheetos. <laughs> Either that, or I'm saying, help yourself to a few of these Cheetos, Brother Lewis. And now, and now when in my mind he's gone past a few, and he's still sitting there eating them, I'm thinking, man, this guy likes Cheetos. That was a fresh bag. I just bought that thing. And, and what I'm doing, is, because I'm the stingy one in this setting, is I'm thinking about the cost. Now, the, the direction is not to me about the stingy person. It's, a, it's to the person that's doing the eating here. When you're with a stingy person, don't desire their delicacies. Don't go to somebody's house and eat all the Cheetos. <laughs> but it says, they're thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. Now that verse, I'm going to look back in the KJV. This is where we're at. Uh, let's look at verse 7. This is the passage. Actually, go back to six. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's not a universal, I'll put it that way. That's not a universal truth. The way that at the beginning I was saying, I just think the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. No, you put it in context and you see we're talking about a miser. 
a stingy person. As a stingy person thinks in their heart, that's how they are. Okay? Now, I want, I want to make sure we get that distinction and know that's what we're talking about. As a man thinketh in his heart, that's, that's, just be careful with it. No, we know where that scripture is set now, okay? What that means is the stingy person, when it says thinketh, really what that, that word means is dividing up. They're dividing up. In this case, it's the cost. But this is, when it says in their heart, it's saying in the soul of that person, the inner person is this way. The inner person is dividing everything to this degree, and this is this much, and this is this much, and, and, and trying to... It, it, it's rooted in stinginess. Okay, It's not rooted in stewardship. Don't confuse that. But it's talking about... <laughs> Cheapskate, that's right. As the, as the cheapskate thinks in his heart, that's what makes him a cheapskate. That's the Caleb trans, translation of that verse. But what we need to get here is just like with the children of Israel in the wilderness. What they really are saying is, I would rather be eating with the cheapskate, or I'd rather be eating with the wealthy rich guy. Because there, there's enough for me. There's excess for me. I can get all that I want. And rather than trusting in the Lord, they want to go back to that place of, comfort and familiarity find it very interesting it says when they measured with an omer no man had excess and no man was lacking when i go out for with my for my family of 7 and try to get all that I need for all seven of us collecting enough manna to take back to my house. And, and Brother Martin, who doesn't have seven people living in his house. <laughs> he might eat for seven. But no, he's... <laughs> the point is, I don't have excess or lacking... And he doesn't have excess or lacking. And what, what Brother Lewis said is, God was testing them. I'm going to devise a plan. I'm going to make rules and see how well my children follow them. You want bread? Okay. We'll get you some bread. I'm going to make it fall out of the sky. And we're going to find out whether what you really want is bread or if what you want is excess. Because I don't think it's bread that you want. 
because it's not a natural hunger that you're trying to sustain. Because the Lord knew the mindset. He knew the feeling of of the children of Israel when they said, Would to God that he, he would have taken our lives when we were still in Egypt. Living and sitting by the pots of meat, eating bread to be full. Now you can stop and think, why? Did God need? We think God had to just rescue the children of Israel, children of Israel, from bondage. His His wisdom is infinitely wiser than ours, and He knows they would choose to go back to a place of bondage. They would choose to go back to a place of living where. Every part and every aspect of their life is controlled by someone else if that other person is just able to fulfill this immediate need. I, 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 they're willing to trust in that system of ruling. It, it, willing to trust just because we, have, we always have enough to eat. We always have enough to have what we need and I have what we want. In, in, I think it was Ephesians, it says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. And this is interesting to me as, as someone who, as someone who never had to deal with an alcohol problem. I just always grew up thinking alcohol makes you drunk. That was my that was my outside perspective. I would even say my naive perspective. To this day I don't know how much it takes to get somebody drunk. Really, I mean I, I can read about it. But I haven't gone to that point and said, okay, no, I, I got to do like Proverbs and know when to quit. I, you know, and I haven't gone beyond that. So I don't know those things. But what we're, what we're talking about here is, wherein is excess? Don't be given to wine. Because that's where... There is excess. It's, it's in there because God knows the human condition. He knows the human frame, the mindset, the makeup of us. And he knows how easily we can go from, here's the wine, to here's the excess. And I like it over here. I don't like it so much over here. So don't be given to wine. Because in that there is excess. So this attitude and this mindset of. I, I would just rather live in a place. I would rather dwell in a place. Where I always know I'm going to have excess. Is not Christ-like. 
that's not the Christian mindset. That's not the Christian attitude. I, as long as I, as long as I know every need is met right here, and I can see it with my eyes, then I'm happy. It doesn't work that way. Let's pray for a moment. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your spirit that's here. I thank you for the truth of your word, God, that you are speaking to us tonight. God, I want your spirit to dwell in me. I want your wisdom, God, to be made known to me. Jesus, we believe your scripture that says godliness with contentment is great gain. We desire, God, for the mind of Christ to be formed in us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, we desire your truth right now. Speak to me, Lord Jesus. Make me like you, Lord. I want to be conformed into your image. In the name of Jesus, I want to be conformed into your image, Lord Jesus. Give us wisdom, Lord God. Wisdom from you, Lord Jesus. Help us to trust in you, O oh God. Increase our faith in you, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Scripture, the passage that says, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. It's speaking of this same concept. Because that type of a person, the person who in their mind has it to where I need to accumulate enough. That's why the scripture is there. Moth and rust doth corrupt on the earth. Elder Hart, I'm going to turn this over to you. Praise God. Praise God. There is a root element in all of this it is trust it's trust in God it is the root element and the enemy will bring fear for the future that will cause people to respond contrary to the word of God Trust is what the Lord was reaching for in Exodus. Will you trust me that what I give you for today is enough for today? Will you trust me that on the Sabbath, the day before, you're going to pick up for two days and there will be enough to get you through? And what happened to it when you gathered when you weren't supposed to won't happen to it 
when you're supposed to gather for an extra day? Will you trust the word of God? Will you trust the word of God? This idea of, I'll use the words that have been used tonight, the ideas of stinginess or, I looked at my wife and said, am I a cheapskate sometimes? She said, sometimes. I'm a selective cheapskate. Can you be a selective cheapskate? Yeah. What's that? It is a human condition. Yeah, it, it is. I'm. It's funny. I don't have so. I'm. I, I'm. If it's for me, I'm a cheapskate. Like for other people, not so much. Doesn't bother me so much. Um. But trust is an element. Trust in his element. And there are scriptures and principles. Some people say, man, then the Lord doesn't want me to have anything. Is that what he's telling me, that he just wants me to have for today and that's it? That's not what the scripture is teaching us, and that's not what's being taught here tonight. What's being taught is an element of trusting him with everything we have because it came from him. Why would the Lord say, these that have been faithful over a few things, I'll make them ruler over many why would he put many things into their hands if he intended them to just have little all the time? No, the element is what can he trust you with? Can we just get really real here? I know we've been tiptoeing through some things, but let's, can we? I have a, I'm going to ask you a very direct question. All right, you don't have to, don't worry, it's, you're just going to answer it between you and the Lord. How many have ever you can raise your hand. How many of you ever prayed for a raise on your job? Anybody ever done that? Three people? Anybody? How many of you ever asked the Lord to bless your finances? Okay. You know what? You can do that. That's scriptural. You have the right to do that. And the Lord likes doing that. He enjoys blessing his people. Now, let me ask you a question. This is one I'm not going to have you answer me with. Why were you wanting him to do that? Okay. Right? Gas money, give more, new tires, needs. I'm living from check to check, barely getting by. I feel like I'm getting further and further behind. There's a, a gamut of reasons, right? And so to the teaching tonight, when is enough enough? When am I honest before the Lord where I've honored his word and say, you know what? I've been, I've been accountable with what he's given me. I've been faithful over a few things. And so now he can put more into my hand. James said it this way. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. Or, he went a little further than that, you ask, but the reason you're asking, you're asking amiss so that you can consume it upon your own lusts, your own desires. And so the Lord says, I would love to give more, but there's a track record you have. That you don't trust me with what I give you. And so because you don't trust me with what I've already given you. 
You're wanting me to divide, right? Because all the gold, all the silver is his, all the cattle on a thousand hills is his. It all belongs to him. And so I'm saying, Lord, I want you to trust me with more of your resources based on what I've proven already of how I treat your resources that you put in my hand. Does that make sense? The element is trust. If you walk out of here tonight and you're going, well, from what I heard from the flowers, I should only have enough food in my cupboard for today. And I just need to plan that tomorrow. I'll... I did sort of enjoy that part about Italy where they always went and got fresh food every day. That was sort of nice. But you understand that's not what the Lord is communicating to us tonight. It is about trusting his word. That what his word says is true. And I can act according to his word and believe that if I act according to his word, he will do what he said he will do. But when I step back and go. The word there in Proverbs was acting in thine own wisdom. What I'm saying is I think I'm probably going to be a little wiser than God's word in this. And so I'm going to manage this my way. Rather than doing it God's way. And then when I have excess, then I'll apply myself to God's plan. I'm going to tell you something. You're never going to have excess. Because it's not God's plan. There's a scripture that comes to my mind. and I'm going to finish. Why don't we stand together? The Lord's really trying to help us tonight. To trust him. To trust him. And we often talk about these elements and we can think about financial things. But it's far, far broader than that. Spiritual things. Needs in our home. Needs in our family. Needs in our life. Can you still trust him with those things according to his word? You know, the children of Israel went through the wilderness And all of those that would not trust the Lord at his word, he did not bring into the promised land. Think about that. All of those that would not receive and trust him at his word, he did not bring them into the promised land. There's a type and a shadow there, you understand. He kept doing these things, the scripture says, to prove them, to see if, to prove them, to see if, to prove them, if, see if. And so when they finally crossed into Jericho after all these years in the wilderness. Remember that they finally came out and the Lord brings them into the promised land through Joshua. Where's the first place they came to? Remember the city of Jericho? They walked around the walls, right? You know the story, the walls fall. The Lord gave them a commandment. When you go into Jericho, don't take any of it for yourself. What? I've been living from manna basket to manna basket day by day. And I've been living from some quail along the way. And and I don't know how long the time was. It wasn't very long. They ate of the fruit of the land. There was a point before they crossed into Jericho. The Lord let them taste the fruit of the land. They began, the scripture tells us that. But the Lord was very explicit. Don't take anything of Jericho. 
That's for me. They went in, but there was one man. I think maybe he was tired of 40 years of the same shoes and the same clothes and 40 years of the same old, same old. And so what he did is he took a little bit of silver, a wedge of gold, and just just a couple changes of clothes for himself. And he hid them in the floor of his tent. You know what I think his motive was, Brother Lewis? I think, I think his motive, he was as human as you and I. I think his motive was, if I end up back in the wilderness again, I'm going to have a little plan for myself. A little bit to get me through. And what he'd done was violated the word of God. In his own wisdom. And read the rest of the story. It cost the children of Israel several men in battle that they should have won. So it didn't just affect them. It affected the children of Israel. And the Lord revealed the matter. And it cost the man Achan his wife, his life, and his children's lives. The Lord said, slay them all. Why? Because if they're not going to trust me, I'm not letting them continue into the promised land. You can trust him at his word. You can trust him at his word. And I'll tell you what happened. He'll put things in your hand. He'll prove himself. But then he'll come along and say, you know, every once in a while I need to find out if you still trust me. Is he playing games? No. He loves us too much to let our motive go unchecked. And so he comes back again and says, you know what? That thing, whatever that thing is, I want you to trust me with that. It's a trust element. Would we talk to the Lord again before we go? Lord, I want to trust you. In every element. With my home, with my family, with my children, with my finance. I want to trust you with my job. I want to trust you in every area and every aspect. In the ordering of the steps of my life and the directing of my heart for your purpose and your glory. I trust you, Father. You cannot fail. You are faithful. What your word says you will do. What your word says you will do. I trust you. I'll not look to the circumstances of life. I'll trust you, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we will trust you as a people of God. We will trust you and where you're leading and how you're leading. You are right in your ways. They are right, oh God. We trust you. We worship you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed. In Jesus' name.